What's going on and welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com. Happy game day. Two very important games for the Pelicans and also the Golden State Warriors tonight and tomorrow inside the Smoothie King Center as the Pelicans, after a big comeback win on Saturday night, are three games back of Golden State with eight games to go. And guess who's coming into town tonight? It's the Golden State Warriors. And joining us is Tim Roy, the radio voice for the Golden State Warriors. Tim, I appreciate the time. Happy game day, and how are you? I'm, I'm great. You know, it's funny. When I looked at the first half schedule, I said, okay, well, we're not going to see the Pelicans till the second half of the season, obviously. And then when the second half schedule came out, I said, well, that's kind of one of those quirks of the quirks of the schedule that the Warriors and Pelicans will play three times in the last eight games. And lo and behold, as we get closer and closer and closer to those games, all of a sudden I realized, oh, these are going to be big games. These are going to be fun games, kind of like playoff games. So it uh, it should be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like both teams are kind of obviously not wanting to be in this position because they both like to be locked into a playoff spot or at least in seven and eight, not nine, 10, but it is kind of funny, Tim, um, that we both teams are in this situation. Now, did you expect this on your side for golden state? Well, I, I did. And I didn't, I, I thought the Warriors were going to be a little bit above 500. Now, like the Pelicans, the Warriors have found ways to give away games and uh, that's not always a good thing. And then, you know, going into the year without Clay Thompson for a second year in a row, you knew they were going to be a little shorthanded. And then the other things that happened, James Wiseman's season never got on track. It was either COVID or injuries. And now, you know, really next year will be another rookie season for him. Oubre Jr. going down, Baysmore going out. They've, they've had trouble maintaining a consistent lineup. And I think that's one of the main reasons why they're – at 500. And so I, I think both of these teams are great examples of why continuity is still very important in this league. You know, these teams haven't played together for years and it really shows at times. Tim, you mentioned just now, I mean, the list of guys that the Warriors have out and some of the issues that they've had to deal with as far as lineup shuffles and rotations and that kind of thing. What's the status of um, Andrew Wiggins and, and Ubre right now? I, it seems like we've heard different things about Ubre as far as, you know, he's going to try to play through it or he might be out for a little while. You know, the last injury report I saw had him out that he, that, that we have not heard anything official. There were some reports the other night from other people that said that he had a torn ligament in his wrist that has not been confirmed by the team, at least as far as I, you know, no one has told me that, but, but I, I think you, Ubre, you won't see him. I think you will see Wiggins. Um, Wiggins is just, uh, he's been their most consistent player, and he's been the only player that has played in, in every game so far. So I think he'd like to keep that little streak going. But I don't see Ubre, uh, Damian Lee, Eric Paschal, who's been out, and boy, they could use his size tonight. Uh, so again, they're going to go into this with a, a skeleton crew, if you will. And, and and if Wiggins doesn't play, he's listening is questionable if he doesn't play then i think they're really behind the eight ball what do you think are some of the guys if he isn't able to play that you're going to have to lean on whether it's in these two games this week or you know going forward who are some of the guys that the warriors need to elevate you know how much they contribute if, if you keep having these these issues with guys being out of the lineup Michael Mulder is one. He's getting a lot of playing time. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson is playing himself into an NBA career. 
He's not a great scorer, but he does everything else. And he is the uh, a rare player that can help you win a game without scoring. He's kind of like a Draymond in that, in that sense. He's not as dynamic as Draymond and certainly not the outstanding defender that Draymond is. But uh, this kid's going to play in the league for a long time because he knows how to play and he's unselfish and he wants it. So I think he's going to have a nice career. Jordan Poole, uh, their rookie from a year ago, has been very inconsistent this year. But when he gets his offense going, then he seems to contribute in, in other ways. So those are three guys that are playing big roles for the Warriors right now. And if Wiggins were to play tonight, one of those three guys, in my estimation, would be your starter at the small forward spot. You know, from the Pelicans standpoint, I mean, this is a complicated thing, but the Golden State is really the team I think that most of most fans and media are focused on right now, even though the Pelicans are closer to San Antonio in the standings, partly because of the three head-to-head games left and also some of the tiebreaker considerations. But um, I was wondering from the Warriors' perspective, I mean, what do you think is the goal? Is it to, to tr- try to finish eighth? I, I would imagine that, of course, Golden State is concerned about the Pelicans because – they're in the 11th right now, but there's also a very tight race between the Warriors and a couple other teams in the standings. Yeah, the, you know, the team that goes on a two-game winning streak is going to, you know, vault up in the standings, you know, here in the Western Conference. I think uh, that the Warriors would love to, to get to seven. I mean, but no, no, excuse me, not seven, eight. There, I don't think there's any chance of them getting to seven. But if they can get to eight, I think they really would enjoy that and try to get out of that winner go home scenario in the first game so uh i think they have a chance to do that after these two games in new orleans their final six are at home including two against oklahoma city so they have some winnable games on that stretch now keep in mind that their last game of the year will be against memphis so i think they're setting themselves up for a series of play-in games to get to a play-in game. And I think they have a good chance if they can, again, if they can get some of these bodies back, I think they'll have an even better chance of, of you know, getting to the number eight spot and getting out of that 9-10 bracket. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned the, the Golden State-Memphis game, the last game of the season. I feel like we're already starting to see some of the really positive effects of having the play-in tournament and the way that that's set up, even though um, – Excuse me. We joked on a recent podcast that the media members need to stop asking whoever's in seventh place what they think of the play-in tournament because it seems like whichever team is in seventh place always has a negative opinion. And I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. You know, of course, I'm joking when I say that. But um, from your perspective, as far as um, what do you think would be the benefits of Golden State being in the play-in? It seems like you have a lot of young guys that don't have a lot of experience, players that were added to the team last season, so they didn't get to go to the bubble or be part of that. I mean, how beneficial do you think it would be long-term for the Warriors to, to have the experience of getting in the play-in? And obviously the goal would be to, to make the playoffs, but just to be in some of those pressure situations. I, I think it would benefit the Warriors immensely it, to, to have these games because of the guys I just mentioned who have, you know, they don't have the five-year run that Draymond, Steph, and Kavon and Looney have. They don't have that kind of experience. So I think it'd be very good for them. And if, and if they can get to a playoff series, even better. Because then next year, if you get bodies healthy, Wiseman, Clay Thompson, at a draft pick, the Warriors have 
Minnesota's pick. It's only top three protected. So it looks like they're going to get, you know, somewhere four or five or six or something like that. If they can get that pick and turn it into a good player, as well as their own pick, then, you know, if these guys have playoff experience, that's going to make it a lot easier next season. So uh, I think it's, I think it's a really important point. And uh, yeah, I love, I love that the uh, team from Los Angeles drops to seven and all of a sudden, Oh, the playing thing's a horrible idea. You know, we didn't hear that all year long, but all of a sudden now it's a bad idea. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that point, that point. Yeah, I think it's also funny that, you know, I know you all needed that win against Minnesota the other night, but you sort of benefited from that uh, in the long-term run as far as that draft pick that could actually help you guys down the road. So I thought that was pretty funny um, as well. Let's uh, focus on tonight's game a little bit. Obviously, um, with Steph Curry, it always gives Golden State a chance. You know, you saw what he's done in the month of April. And, you know, I sit there watching his games and go, how in the world are the Pelicans or any team going to be able to stop him? Uh, Have you seen – these teams try different things on Steph because not having to worry about Clay Thompson, obviously with him being out, have you seen defenses try uh, different approaches as far as a contained Steph, even though it seems like it's not working? Yeah. I think what, what you see with Steph is when he has the ball and say he's on a wing, look at the other four defenders, not just the guy guarding him. All eyes are like on him and the Warriors have gotten easily a, a bucket or two a night when Someone comes up to set a screen for Steph, and they slip the screen. Both defenders stay with Steph, and the other guy gets an easy layup, you know, because he's just got that kind of gravity. When he's on the floor and he's got the ball, he kind of sucks everybody on the floor toward him. And it just uh, – it's an amazing thing to watch, and he's had an incredible run this year. He's in incredible shape. And uh, I think we're seeing double teams. We've seen a triple team. We've seen a box and one. Thank you, Toronto, for making me relive my high school careers uh, as, as being one of the box, not the one. Let me remind you, I was one of the box, not the one. Uh, so, uh, you know, it just it, it, it's, it's interesting every night that, you know, there's tons of people in help position for him. And, you know, the other part of the coin is when Steph is out, the Warriors have seen a lot more zone this year that they'll give their guys a little bit of a break and put them back into a zone against the second unit. And that's, that's been an interesting development as well. When you mentioned zone, I think that's how a lot of teams have started attacking the Pelicans, especially with the lack of three point shooting that they've had, they've gotten better of late, but you've seen that, especially with Zion Williamson, that the zone might be the way to go. How do you feel like the Warriors might approach Zion tonight, whether it's Draymond Green on Zion or another matchup, you know, because we saw it the other night how he was able to foul out three different Minnesota Timberwolves in one night. How do you feel like the Warriors might approach Zion and the rest of the crew defensively? Yeah, I think this is a real matchup problem because what the Pelicans do best, the Warriors aren't very good at. The Warriors are a good defensive team. They have been all year. They've had some slippage lately, but they're not a big team. They're not a physical team. And when they play big and physical teams, those are the games they get manhandled. And so uh, they are also a team that fouls a lot. And so they're going to put the Pelicans on the free throw line because they reach a lot. They have a lot of guards and wings who like to gamble and go for steals. And so I think that's, that's going to be an issue tonight for Golden State. Defensive rebounding and not fouling. If they can accomplish those two things and Steph Curry has a normal night, which for 
for him these days is like you know 32 or 33 (laughs) you know like that's the other thing we have to remind ourselves that you know i'm sure you guys do with zion is that players like this they make the common they make the unusual and the unattainable look commonplace and so you have to remind yourself that that what they're doing all the time is a special thing and so but again getting back to your question i think that this is a real matchup problem for golden state i think they're going to try to get the game into a little bit of a track meet so they can get open floor and get some better looks uh but again uh they have to rebound defensively and it's something they haven't done well they got crushed by minnesota the other night on the boards like 57 to 34 it was just ridiculous should be an interesting one should be fun two games here it's just also kind of crazy these two teams have not yet met and it's may 3rd and now we're looking at these teams playing each other twice in a span of two nights and then three times in the last eight. Kind of feels a little bit like a playoff series in, this, in a sense, Tim. I know you guys are trying to get more into that eighth spot, but the Pelicans just trying to get in. This It feels like for the Pelicans, this is a must win for both games. I feel like Golden State can at least afford a split. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think if the Warriors split, then I think it's going to be really difficult for New Orleans just because you're running out of time and you right. need help. And uh, for the Warriors, I think – they wouldn't mind a split just because I think that would kind of keep them where they are. And then they go for the final six at home. And so I, I think this, these are important games for everybody. And, and I think the Warriors are looking like their final eight games as eight playoff games to get into the play in. So that's the way they're trying to approach it. And I think they're hoping that the playoff experience from Steph Draymond and Kevon Looney will provide them some benefits here in, in these upcoming games. It should be a fun one. That's Tim Roy, radio voice of the Golden State Warriors. You can follow him on Twitter at Warriors B-O-X. Tim, I really appreciate the time. Um, hope we'll do this maybe down the road here. Maybe the final game uh, for us on the road this season. But I appreciate the time and have a great call tonight. Thank you. It's always great to talk to you guys. There he goes. Tim Roy, always very kind with his time. I know Jim and I always uh, look forward to having conversations with him when we get to San Francisco and also when he comes here. So hopefully that is the case come next season but Jim man you kind of feel the buzz at least with us we've been talking about this hopefully you know our goal was to get to this point in the last couple of weeks of let's get to Golden State be within the three games and let us control what we can control and and look at after that come from behind win on Saturday uh, that's all you can ask for that's what they did and I'm really looking forward to tonight and tomorrow yeah it's great to have these last couple of weeks where you're still in the race and you're still playing games that matter I know for people who are pessimistic or even people that were realistic, it wasn't that long ago that you thought maybe going into the last eight games of the season, that that wouldn't be the case, that they would just be too far out to have a chance to even say that they can still get into the playing round. So, um, I mean, I think also from a, from a NBA league wide standpoint, I feel like this is kind of the last chance as far as there's going to be some great races for the seven, eight, nine, 10 in both conferences. But as far as, um, a race to get to 10th place in both conferences. This might be the, the Pelicans might be the last hope for that to be the case. Cause it, it feels like in the East, the wizards have kind of taken control and the teams that are behind them, even though the Raptors had a really good win against the Lakers last night are might be too far behind to make a push and don't have a, is the same head to head situation that the Pelicans do with three games against the Warriors. So, I mean, this, this is really it. I think the Pelicans, they have a chance to, to make something of the last stretch of the season. The players talked about this Saturday after the game against Minnesota as well, that, you know, it, it, you have to be content and you have to be happy with the fact that you, you have three games left against Golden State and you don't have to spend a ton of time 
focused on the scoreboard, although I know we will do that when, when uh, the opponent isn't Golden State. But um, this is a great opportunity for a lot of the guys on the team that haven't been in pressure situations during their NBA career so far. And keep in mind, I know the, the Pelicans are a little deterred, you know, after they lost that Spurs game, they lost a tiebreaker, but you're actually technically closer to San Antonio than you are Golden State, and they play their next two in Utah. And so I know Pelicans fans can still keep an eye on that. I know you thought slim hopes, but I mean, you man, these uh, a sweep on Monday and Tuesday, and then seeing what happens with San Antonio, things could be looking a lot different come Friday when the Pelicans are back in action against Philly. They could, and you know, I, I think we mentioned on the post game radio show. I said on the post game after they lost that game to the Spurs, I was like, I'm not gonna focus much on the Spurs until the Pelicans can get back within a game or two of them because um, with the tiebreaker, it, it adds a, an extra you know, need to that. But um, it is hard for me though. Sometimes when I think about San Antonio to not look back at this, that game and realize like how much of a difference that would have made if they had won that game, but there's nothing we can do about that now. Nope. Um, like you said, um, if the Pelicans, I mean, the, 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 Pel the players and the coaches have to look at it one game at a time, but we don't because we have no role in the, in determining the outcome of games. But if they can win these next two games, I mean, you're right. Not only could, not only will they definitely be able to look at Golden State as a team that they can catch, but you might be able to pull in a couple other teams like San Antonio and Memphis. I think <clears throat> based on the tiebreaker, Pelicans are kind of closer to Memphis than they are San Antonio as well. Um, so who knows? They still have Pelicans still have a game against Memphis as well. But with all that said, I mean, unless they can win, they need they definitely need to win tonight and maybe tomorrow as well or the conversation will probably dry up pretty quickly as far as being concerned about other teams in the standings. Absolutely. Keep in mind, pregame tip or tip off is set for 6.30 PM tonight because it is nationally televised on ESPN, no Valley sports New Orleans night, but also tune in on ESPN too, a special Marvel edition of the broadcast. Uh, with, they're going to be doing a lot of things with the superheroes uh, with three players on each side. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to kind of watch it based on where we'll be inside the arena, but I hope you all enjoy that as well. And then tomorrow, 7 p.m., um, Pelicans and Warriors on the back-to-back. -back. Make sure you read Jim's Behind the Numbers, presented by Entergy on pelicans.com with the mobile app. It will have another podcast for you tomorrow. These games are too big for us not to have. One will be Anthony Slater, who covers the Warriors and the NBA for the Athletic. Does some great stuff there. And we'll continue tomorrow whether we're recapping a pelicans win which hopefully we'll do or just kind of set the scene for the rest of the nba um, for the final seven games big thanks to tim roy for jim eikenoff i'm daniel salerson thanks for listening to the pelicans podcast presented by sequence